WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD on this Memorial Day weekend. And yes, we're live. We're, we're almost always live, I think. I think we're, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't done a recorded program yet. I think the only day we took off was Christmas, as I recall. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we're live on this Memorial Day weekend, and it's a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. It is... Uh, most Memorial Day weekends that I can recall, they seem to be rainy and cool. This one is a fabulous weekend, so if you're anywhere near any place to be outside and enjoy it, hopefully you're doing that today. Maybe you're also thinking about doing a little bit of maintenance to your car at the same time. And, um, you know, we have, and it's not just me, but we have referred to um, oil is the life's blood of your engine, and oil does a lot. It does, uh, it, it, it does a lot more than you think it really does. Everybody thinks it just kind of lubricates the engine, but it does a lot more. And with us is Sean Wynn from Pennzoil. And, Sean, can you just go over your title for, for me a minute? Uh, it, uh, uh, it, it sounds like you're, it sounds like you're uh, uh, making oil in your basement. So what, what do you do at Pennzoil? Thank you very much. You know, I'm uh, a guy of many hats. Welcome. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be on the show with you today. Uh, yes, I'm one of the formulators. I am a uh, project leader to work in development of the new en- uh, new generation engine oils, as well as uh, our technical experts when it comes to engine oil um, technology. Yeah. So when it comes to oil, you know, you know as much about oil as anyone does and you know one of the one of the th- things that came up and and uh Pennzoil sent out a news re- news release and said the five most common questions people ask about oil and um one of them is the simplest one is it's sort of what's the main function of oil what does oil do well that that's a uh a deep question where it's a simple uh, thought at the same time, right? We know that motor oil is essentially there to lubricate the engine, but it's also there to, to maintain that high performance uh, and to extend the life of your engine. Right? Everyone wants the engine to go more than 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 miles. And so the oil is not just there to lubricate, like you mentioned, but it's also there to neutralize the acids, to take care of all the combustion byproducts, uh, to keep the metal clean, the engine clean, uh, protect against corrosion, suspend contaminants. So it's a whole series of things that engine oils now has to do more than just lubricate uh, the engine. So it's a huge factor in helping to extend the life and to give you that performance, that ump that you feel when you bought your first car. You want that to maintain uh, for the life of that engine. And, you know, one of the things I've, and, I, and I've just, I think I've made this number up as much as anything else, but, you know, I've always said that engine oil contributes to probably 25% of engine cooling. It really does uh, help with keeping the engine cool, right? 
Absolutely, because uh, the the uh, cooling system has a function, but engine oil also has to work on the other side to help pull away from the uh, pull the heat away from that engine, because the engine creates a lot of heat in the combustion process. So having one, having both the cooling system and proper lubrication from the oil side will help to keep that engine cool and maintain during the, uh, the performance that we need from that engine. When I first was uh, in the auto repair business, when and this was, you know, it seems like 100 years ago now, it wasn't all that unusual that people would come in every two or 3,000 miles for an oil change, and some owners of vehicles would, would say, oh, no, I only change the oil, but I change the oil filter every other oil change. Now we're seeing uh, engines that the oil... Uh, stays in the engine for 10,000 and even longer times with with some vehicles uh, up to a up to a full year without an oil change is that all due to the higher quality oil that we're seeing today combined with maybe lack of lead in gasoline I think it's a combination of many factors, right? Uh, engine technologies has changed significantly over the last 20 years. At the same time, you are right. The quality of the engine oils has uh, increased dramatically, as well as the introduction of uh, premium synthetics. As you notice, within the last 10 years, uh, more than 90% of the vehicles come off the assembly line or calling for synthetic oils. And though, so the, the benefits of better engine technology, uh, depending on the manufacturers from your GM to your Fords all the way to your Mercedes and Porsches, varies on those drain intervals. So, so it's best to recommend that we recommend that you follow the recommended drain interval based on what your engine calls for. Uh, and, of course, uh, having a synthetic product like a Penzo Premium Synthetic, uh, Penzo Platinum, helps you to give you that comfort. Should you forget, should you need to uh, extend that drain a little bit further, uh, to allow you that protection as well as the performance that I keep on mentioning over and over again. Yeah, uh, on my own car, I, and I think I did it based on almost novelty more than anything else, I, I was at the store and noticed um, Pennzoil Platinum, and it said made from natural gas, and I'm like, huh. I wonder what this is. So, and it was, and it was a little bit more expensive than the regular Pennzoil um, synthetic, uh, and that's what I've been using for the last several oil changes. And rather than, it, it's a little bit different because it is made from natural gas, right? Absolutely, uh, it is uh, a our, our premium product is our Pennzoil Platinum product, and that's made from a hundred percent made from natural gas oil. So, in a short condensed uh, opportunity that I have today, it is basically chemically engineered where we use natural gas and build it the molecule up by one by one, kind of like the way we put Lego blocks together. And when we do that, they're permanently bonded to create a large oil molecule. And in that process, we're able to engineer this precisely and control the homogeneity as well as the purity of the product. Now you have a pure, pure, clean base oil that gives you the benefits of low temperature protection, extreme heat handling, 
the ability for the oil to degas so that it would allow it to wet the engine and cool the engine, all the other benefits comes along with a pure synthetic base stock that allows now us to formulate, put the, the great ingredients or the additives package that we put together in combination with that base oil to allow you the performance that you are seeing right now in the Penzo Platinum and Ultra Platinum products. You know, and one of the other questions that comes up a lot is, you know, people still say to this day, I get questions, you know, how do I know which which grade of oil to use in my car? How do I know, you know, it, it you know, I look at the oil cap, it says one thing, I look at the owner's manual, it might say something else. Um, you know, there used to be a time, again, a million years ago, where people used a different weight oil for winter, a different weight oil for summer. Um, how do people know which which grade of oil to use? Well, I think, you know, we're aging ourselves a little bit here, Paul, right? We've been around the industry for quite a few years, and we see the change the way oils are manufactured. We used to grow up with a 30 weight for the summer, 10 weight for the winter. That's what our dad used to tell us to do. But having a multi-weight oil does help to build it. Man, manage the, the, the multi-climate year, and you can use it all year round. Our recommendation is... Look at your owner's manual, right? You have a lot of the vehicles, quite a bit, 90% of the vehicles that are coming out of the assembly line, like I mentioned, are running on either 520 or 020 synthetic style of the assembly line. But then you have your performance vehicles, like our European vehicles, the SRTs, where they're running on 540s, uh, 040 weights. So having that last number, either a 20 or a 40 or a 30, depending on what your vehicle recommends, is the most crucial component. The 5W or the 0W products will basically give you the cold temperature performance, the cold temperature operations that allows that oil to flow better in the winter climates. But as long as you have the second number, which is either a 20, 30, or 40, and you keep that as a regular oil change of viscosity, then you are guarantee the performance and the protection that you need within your engine. And there was a time that when you know you you went to the you went to the uh, auto parts store and you looked at you know this myriad of you know different different weights of oil, different brands of oil, different uh you know the, every every container comes in a different you know, different shape and color, and there, you know, oil comes by the quart, and it comes by the gallon, and it comes from the five-quart containers, and some of it now comes in cardboard boxes, and there's this whole variety of um, different kinds of oil that's out there, but one question I get sometimes is, well, you know, I go to the auto parts store, and I go buy a container of oil, and uh, then I go to the big department store, it looks like the same oil, but it's it's maybe five dollars cheaper for five quarts of oil than I I do at the auto parts store. And you know, sort of the rumor is, well, that oil's not the same oil that's in the auto parts store. Is there any truth to that? Um, I can definitely tell you that if you're buying a, uh, an oil from Pennzoil or from other refiners out there in the marketplace, it should be the same. The packaging may change in sizes from liters to always to a size of a tote, which delivers to a, uh, a, a example, a jiffy loop or such. Mm-hmm. Those are quality the same. They're maintained and they're regulated by the American Petroleum Institute at the same time. Uh, 
they are all blended from the same blending facilities for us. We blend them all, and it's packaged differently depending on what's on the assembly line. So the consumer can be assured that the quality and the performance of the oil are exactly the same if it comes in a liter to a, a drum. And the last time we talked, and I wasn't aware of this, and you, you sort of explained it to me, that you know a lot of cars today either use or recommend synthetic blend oils, but I believe you're the one who told me there's no real standard for that synthetic blend. It could be a little bit of synthetic or it could be a lot of synthetic, right? Very true. And and that's a concern that I personally have is that the consumer are not uh, uh, guaranteed or assured of the concentration of the synthetic in the synthetic blend. Of course, certain manufacturers like Penzoil put uh, a name on the quality and, and demand a certain high concentration of synthetic in our products to say that it's a synthetic blend. But because the word synthetic blend is not regulated by the industry, there is huge variances between oil manufacturers on what they would label as synthetic blend. So in a sense, I would say buyers beware on what you get. So I would stick with the, the major brands uh, where you have trust and they have reputation to give you that performance. Uh, and so for Penzoil, we've been in the industry for 110 years in the oil business, and we like to be able to say to the consumers that we like to stay around for another 110 years, and thus our name and the quality of our, of our products is crucial when we deliver those products to the consumer. And, you know, and I think we've sort of talked about it here. You know, if you want to make sure you're using, you know, the best oil for your car, maybe it makes sense to just skip the synthetic blend altogether and go right to uh, pure, uh, full synthetic uh, oil change. And, um, you know, once you, once you do that, you don't have to worry. You can, you know, you're getting full synthetic and not, and not a blend that you're not 100% sure about. I, I concur with you and agree with you in that sense. Well, well, at the same time, I recognize that the consumer has a budget, uh, especially now in these uh, hard times, right? Uh, and so I would recommend that they give a, a entry. We have a product now, which is our entry-level synthetics that is available by Penzo, uh, uh that allows the consumer to shift to a full synthetic. It is not 100% made of our GTL products, but it gives the consumer a guarantee that they do have full synthetic in their products. And there are plenty of other manufacturers out there in the marketplace. But then once they try that, I don't think they have any concern about going back to a, a conventional products. There should be no issues going back. And then once they see the performance of the synthetic and how it benefits them, maybe they would try some of the other premium products that we have offered uh, in the marketplace to give them that full benefit of protection uh, of unsurpassed clear wear, uh, cleanliness, uh, horsepower retention, uh, retention, all the benefits that you get from the premium synthetics uh, that we offer as well as other out there in the marketplace. Well, I will, I will let you know that years and years ago, um, and my wife, I think, had a, it could have been a Toyota, it could have been a Volkswagen, I don't remember which. And we live in New England where it's cold in the wintertime. And I was talking to somebody about oil, and they were 
kind enough to send me 12 quarts of oil. So I changed the oil in my wife's car and went to full synthetic. And I will say that I was never a big synthetic believer because I changed my oil pretty regularly in my car. And I was like, why do I need to spend the extra money on synthetic? And I changed the oil in a car and didn't mention what kind of oil I was using. And, and we had a we had a very cold spell for about two or three weeks and she used to go to work pretty early in the morning and I said to her since I've changed the oil in your car have you noticed anything different and she said to me well it seems like it cranks over a little bit faster and the engine seems quieter when it first starts and after she said that I, I was sort of like well you know can that be attributed to the synthetic oil and in my opinion in my thought I was like absolutely I think it does because you know the oil flows better when it's cold it does more things when it's cold and since then you know in all of our family cars and also in my you know lawnmower and every place else i can put oil i put synthetic oil in and i've always had great luck with it i agree uh having a synthetic product will give you the benefits of just uh, better lubrication but also the uh, a premium that typically a premium a synthetic will allow you to have the premium additives also there to give you that protection that we mentioned in the beginning about wear protection, cleanliness protection, and so forth. Uh, synthetics also, if you look at it in a microscopic level, because of the homogeneity, the purity of the synthetics, like the pencil platinum, you, they flow better. They flow like what we call ball bearings instead of combination of bearings and pebbles and rocks. And so there's less turbulence, in a sense, in the oil as it flows through the engine. And so you will see a quietening down. You will hear a quietening down of the engine. And in a sense, a smoother feel, better acceleration, those performance benefits gives you uh, that, that sense and at the same time the longevity extension of the life of the engine by doing it regularly, changing it regularly, uh, like clockwork. Uh, so I definitely am a proponent of going synthetic, especially with the vehicles that's out there in the marketplace now and the performance and the demands that they have for the engine oil to perform the way it is. And especially with some of these long oil change intervals, and, and even the best running car can consume a little bit of oil during the normal combustion process. So just because your engine says you can change your oil annually or every 10,000 miles, whichever comes first, that's not an excuse never to open the hood and not check the oil level, right? Absolutely. I think that's one of the major uh, issues that I see in the marketplace is that we're extending our drain interval, right, from growing up at 3,000 to 7,000, 10,000, 15,000 miles. Uh, so my recommendation is allow the oil to perform at its best by making sure that the oil level is at its highest capacity so that it can perform. Uh, low oil is a bad indicator because it decreases the, the, the amount of oil there to lubricate the engine. Uh, it may cause the oil pressure to drop. It may not get proper lubrication, which leads to wear. So I recommend that every 1,000 miles or so, just when you're buying gas, lift up the hood and check the oil level. Uh, top it off if you can. By maintaining that, you're giving the oil the best chance it can to help to extend that engine life. Because now we can, we can expect the engine oil or the engines nowadays to run 12, 14 years. Okay? If, if the last time we talked, 
the average car in the marketplace, the age of a vehicle in the marketplace was 11.9. And just through COVID alone, the age of the vehicle in market, the growth of uh, the age of the vehicle in market has grown by up to 12.4. So it has grown by half a year just because consumers are keeping their vehicles longer. And if we're planning to keep our vehicles longer, we need to lubricate it properly so that we can get the performance and the durability that we expect from our engines. And speaking speaking of these, you know, keeping vehicles longer, um, you look on the shelf now and you see high mileage motor oils, and uh, and and at first I thought that was a marketing gimmick, but there's actually really something to that, right? Absolutely, we recognize that, like I mentioned previously. People are keeping the long cars longer. We consider a vehicle that has more than 75,000 miles a high mileage engine. Now, high mileage engine, and we also recognize that also our consumers are buying more used cars, right? So you don't know what happened to that car before you purchased it or it was properly maintained or not. A high mileage oil will help to slow down any additional wear that may have happened in that engine. It will also help to clean up whatever buildup may, may be in there and also help to slow down the oil consumption that may be happening in that engine because of wear, because of poor uh, maintenance. So a high mileage oil is crucial in helping uh, to, to give you that benefit. And Pensco offers two products. We offer a synthetic blend by high mileage, and we also offer a, a full synthetic Penzo Platinum high mileage for the newer vehicle owners who are keeping their cars longer and want to keep their cars longer. Absolutely makes sense. And, Sean, if people want more information about oil or they have questions about oil, uh, just go to Pennzoil's website. Is that the best place to go? That would be a best place to go. We also have a, a consumer hotline, which is uh, consumers can call during the regular weekdays of, uh, uh, with the number 1-800-BEST-OIL or 800-237-8645, and they call and talk to one, one of our specialists online that's available to help them to understand the best recommendation for oil, best application, and even to talk about the performance benefits of one product versus another. Sean, it's always informative when we get to chat about oil. And again, oil, the life's blood of the engine. Uh, it's so important, and people sometimes forget about it over, over time and just think their cars are going to run forever. But it's so important to make sure you change the oil as recommended in the owner's manual. Use a good quality product, and hopefully you're going to have a car that lasts two, three, four hundred thousand miles without any real problems. Absolutely. Well, Paul, thank you for the opportunity, but before we part, I'd like to be able to recognize our troops, right? It's Memorial Weekend. We want to recognize our troops, and Penzo has been around since 1913 in delivering quality boat oils, and we'd like to be able to help to support those extending the life. And with this 110 years anniversary, we're promoting a new campaign of Long May We Drive, where we hope to give the consumer that feel the exhilaration of, uh, of driving that they're used to with the Penzo products and continue to give you the offering of the premium products that's out there to extend the life and allow the people to enjoy those moments uh, in time, especially this long weekend. 
Well, Sean, as always, it's a pleasure talking with you. I learn something every time we talk. And thank you for taking time out of your Sunday morning and joining us on the Car Doctor program. Thanks again, Paul. Looking forward to our next visit next time. All right. All right. Take care. That was Sean Wynn from Pennzoil. We need to take a break and pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Give us a call at 781-837-4900. We'll be right back. Quirk Kia South, offering the same great customer sales and service you expect from a Quirk dealership. Come in, browse their well-stocked lot, and drive home in a brand new Kia, like the 2023 Kia Forte or the 2023 Kia Sportage. And the Quirk Service Department will be available to you for the lifetime of your vehicle. Quirk Kia South works for you. Quirk Kia, 923 Plain Street, Marshfield, just off Route 3 at the new Exit 27. Visit QuirkKiaMarshfield.com. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Don't miss the Just Steph show every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. for fun guests and tips on living your best life every day. I'm bringing sexy back to Monday nights. Tomorrow night from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. I guess if you're motoring west on Route 66, you want to make sure you have the right kind of oil in your car. Make sure you use the right weight. Interesting, on my own car, which is a Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, basic model, basic engine, um, don't have a lot of miles on it. Um, it always recommended 5W20 oil, and Hyundai's had its share of engine problems. Recently, and this is where it's important to make sure you kind of keep up with everything in your car and maybe even look at an online owner's manual once in a while to see if anything's different because in my car where and I was even kind of a little bit snippy I guess I went and got an oil change at the dealer well long story short I bought the car at a dealer who closed their doors their dealer next door which was a Volvo dealer I said, uh, they said, well, you can have, you know, you can come over here for service. And um, I went over there for service and they said, you know, just give us a call a day ahead of time so we can get the oil filter and, you know, anything else we need. So I did and I went over there and had the oil change because I think it had the first year complimentary oil changes or something like that, first couple of years. And um, I looked at the service order when I walked out the door and it said 10W30 oil. And I was like, hmm, it's not supposed to be 10W30, it's supposed to be 5W20. So I went back into the service department and said, is this a mistake or did, is it a mistake on the printing of it or did they put 1030 or 530 or whatever it was in the, in the engine? And they said, uh, no, they put 530 and that's what the computer said to do. And I'm like, but the oil cap says 520. 
And I'm pretty fussy about that. So I said to him, you know, if it really was 530, I'd like you to put the right oil back in. So I um, waited, and they did, and they replaced it. And, of course, I'm sure they didn't change the oil filter because <coughs> that would be uh, that would be too much to ask. And um, so they uh, so they put the right oil back in. And, and But in the last year or so, um, Hyundai has come out with a notice that says if you drive primarily in temperatures above 40 degrees, now they recommend using 5W30 rather than 5W20 because they, and from talking to Sean Wynn just a few minutes ago, that extra number at the end, that 20 versus 30, is there to help with heat dissipation and all that sort of stuff. So they must be thinking that we'll run a little heavier grade oil so you'll get better engine performance because of it. So things can change. Some of the some of the I got a bunch of interesting questions this week, but one of the most interesting was from a a, a reader or listener or both, I think, who's I think it's his daughter or his niece bought a Hyundai Ionic electric vehicle. Likes the car, really likes it a lot. He has an electric vehicle as well, I think. Uh, got a flat tire with her electric vehicle. And it has Michelin Premacy tires on it. And good tire. Um, but they have something, they're called acoustic tires. So they're extra quiet. And I had never seen this till a couple of years ago when, in fact, I was in a Volvo that the tire was bad. And I actually ordered the tire from Tire Rack because the dealer didn't have one. And I ordered from Tire Rack, had it delivered to my house, and then turned, brought it to a... Uh, I think I actually brought it to Junior's Automotive uh, to have the tire replaced. And um, the the Michelin Premacy tire that was in this Volvo, on this Volvo, had this acoustic foam in it. So it was a, I don't know, one-inch, two-inch thick three inch wide four inch wide strip of foam that ran around the inside of the tire on the you know back side of the tread so glued all around the inside of the tire and that was supposed to make the tire quieter so it would have a softer quieter ride out on the highway well this woman with the with the hyundai ionic um got a nail in her tire she brought it to her, back to her Hyundai dealer, where the car only had about 1,500 miles on it. And they said, nope, can't fix it. That acoustic foam, you can't fix it with the foam in it. So uh, she um, was somewhat puzzled by that. And she also said, you know, here's here's a car that only has 1,500 miles on it. Now I have to spend $300 or so for a new tire that because it can't be repaired. So I started making some phone calls. So I called a local Hyundai dealer and asked them, and they said, no, we can't repair them. I called a local Michelin dealer, and they said, oh, yeah, you can repair them. They're repairable. I called another Michelin dealer who maybe wasn't as big a dealership, uh, tire dealership, and they said, no, no, you can't. Well, you can. Some of them you can repair, and some of them you can't. So then I called Michelin directly, and then after being on hold for a while, they finally called me back, and I said, is it true that you can repair the tires, or are they non-repairable? 
And I got kind of a really vague answer. And I actually kind of wish that I could have got a hold of somebody like Sean Wynn, an engineer at Michelin, to tell me whether these tires could be repairable or not. And the person said, no, they, they, they can. But they said, but they also said, I'm not a tire mechanic. So I'm like, hmm, okay, can it be repaired or can it be repaired? So then I went online and I started to look up, can you repair tires with acoustic foam? And there's a company called Tech, T-E-C-H, and they've been selling tire repair products since there were tires, I think, since the 20s or 30s or something, over 75 years, I guess. And they actually posted a video online and it showed this young woman at a tire machine, um, and she actually took a razor blade, cut the piece of acoustic foam out of the tire, sort of scraped it away from the tire, and then... Um, cleaned up the surface area and used a plug patch combination which is how you're supposed to repair tires now you actually um, put a plug in the hole and then you patch it from the inside so you get these one piece plug patch combinations uh, she said something about she used a rotary rasp on the end of a cordless drill and she said you drill the hole three times put the put the plug patch combination glue it down the regular way and she said once that has settled you glue the acoustic foam just back in place, rebalance the tire, and it's good It's good as new. Then I also found another tire repair company who I'd never heard of. I think they were from Germany. And they also said you could do the same thing. In fact, they said it was up to you if you wanted to put the acoustic foam back in place or not. I kind of like what the tech people said where they the glue it back in because even though that little piece of acoustic foam probably only amounts to an ounce of weight, maybe even less than that, um, it's still enough to maybe throw the tire a little bit out of balance. So, you know, put it put it back in. Maybe their thought was the plug patch combination made up for some of the lost weight. I don't know. But um, it seems like if you have the opportunity to glue it back in, you glue it back in. So sort of interesting that, you know, you have to think about these things now. Uh, there is not an electric car made, I think, that has a spare tire. And one thing, if you have a, if you have what's sometimes referred to as a mobility kit, so in other words, it's a little air compressor with some stuff, uh, some sort of sealer product. Uh, two things: uh, the woman who had the Ionic noticed that her bottle of sealer had leaked inside the car in her storage area and made a mess. So look to make sure it's sealed up properly, I guess. And the other thing is they have expiration dates, something I hadn't really thought about before. But these sealer products have expiration dates of three to five years, typically. So if you have a five- or six-year-old car that you've been fortunate enough never to get a flat tire, and uh, you haven't thought about the, the, the mobility kit, the sealer kit inside the car, uh, maybe... You want to make you want to look at that expiration date and replace it if it looks like it's getting old. The other thing is there are companies now that are making spare tire kits for cars that don't have spare tires, and they're sort of a universal wheel and tire combination, so they fit more than one model. Um, not ideal, but better than having no spare. These mobility kits sound like a good idea, and if you're somebody who can't jack up a car and change a spare tire maybe the mobility kit might make some sense because you hook it up, you turn the valves on, you pump the tire full of slimy stuff, uh, which is one of the products called slime. Um, 
And it offers a either, depending on, I think, what lawyer wrote the memo, either a permanent or temporary solution to get the car repaired, to get the tire repaired. Um, so you can, you know, you can do that and you don't have to jack up the car. But on the other, the other hand, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you hit a curb or pothole or something and you blow out the tire and it's got a big gash in the sidewall, well, no amount of tire stuff is going to fix that gash in the sidewall. So having any type of spare tire, a miniature spare tire, a universal spare tire, a collapsible spare tire, any kind of spare tire is better than no spare tire. Um, I'm fortunate that our couple of family cars all have spare tires. Um, one of them has sort of the original tire. Um, the other two cars have temporary spares, which, uh, like I said, better than no spare at all. So uh, the other thing is, um, you know, if you have an older car, you might want to look at the spare from time to time because you, kind of the typical life of a tire is somewhere between 6 and 10 years. So if you have a 12-year-old car with the original spare in it, at least take it out. And you should check it periodically to make sure it has the proper amount of air in it. But check it and make sure it's not dry rotted or cracked or just gone flat from sitting in the trunk for so long or sitting hanging underneath your, if you own a minivan or an SUV, hanging underneath the uh, the, the back of the vehicle. And in fact, that tire could be flat. Um, I carry a portable air compressor with me wherever I go, a little 12-volt portable air compressor, just for that reason. Uh, so if I do get a low tire, I can pump it up. And... Uh, there's a lot of different ones now. Um, mine's one that just, you know, either hooks up to the battery, plugs it into the, a 12-volt outlet. It's good enough to pump up a low tire. And if you have a spare tire that's flat, it's good enough to pump that up better than, better than nothing at all. And um, the other one is um, I have one, and other companies make them too. Um, uh, the Works Company, W-O-R-X, they make a, uh, a, uh, a little air compressor that runs off their 20-volt Works battery or 18 volt, 20 volt maybe, and uh, and it stays charged pretty well, and you don't have to hook it up to anything, which is kind of nice. Um, so there's there's a lot of options out there for um, for tires. Also, when I was looking on the website, I've always heard people say, "Oh, those run flat tires, you can't fix them." So if you get a nail in a run flat tire, and uh, or self sealing tire, you can't fix it. Well, and According to the tech people, you can. You scrape off the self-sealing stuff in the tire and repair it with a regular plug or patch, just the way you always have done it. So certainly you can repair those. If you want to join the conversation, our phone number is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Phone lines are open if you want to chat with us about your car and car problems. Uh, somebody wrote to me and said, what's your opinion on oil additives to stop engine oil leaks? Uh, if you th uh, if you think they may help stop leaks, do you have any recommendations? I have a 2002, kind of goes back to what Sean was saying too about how cars are getting older. I have a 2002 Honda Civic LX with over 110,000 miles that has oil leaks. They had the valve cover replaced because oil was leaking on the manifold and the alternator. I put cardboard under the car. There's still other leaks. Would it be safe and helpful to use an additive to stop the leaks or could they cause harm to the engine? If an additive might be worthwhile, do you have a product recommendation? Well, the first thing you need to do is figure out where the oil is leaking from. Uh, that could be 
an oil pressure switch, the thing that turns the oil light or oil gauge on and off. Uh, real common in Hondas is uh, they use a distributor that sits sideways. It sits on the corner of the cylinder head. Um, the seal in that distributor can leak. It trickles right down the engine. It looks like a head gasket leak, but it, it's leaking over the top of the cylinder head and around the edge of the cylinder and can drop down. Uh, so that could be a leak. Head gaskets certainly could leak oil, oil pan gaskets, timing cover gaskets, all kinds of timing, you know, crankshaft seal gaskets, all kinds of things that could leak, uh, as well as power steering fluid or transmission fluid. So you need to look and see what kind of leak you have and where it's coming from. If it's a seal or a gasket leak, and it looks like it's just going to be expensive, and some sound more expensive than others, so... Uh, an oil pan gasket on some Hondas is very inexpensive to fix. Um, a crank shaft seal is more expensive because you're you're dealing with the the front of the engine with a timing belt and so forth. Ours. so depends on depends on the seal. Um, uh, the company called Lucas, uh, which makes all kinds of different products, power steering, sealer, engine conditioner, all kinds of different stuff as far as car care products and penetrating oils and things like that. Um, they make a product called engine oil stop leak. Basically, I think it has some additives in it that soften up the seals. It also is a pretty thick product, so it, it, it kind of raises the viscosity of the oil a little bit. So it tends not to be uh, you know, thinner oil tends to find more leaks. So, you know, maybe maybe try that. Uh, readers have told me they have they have used Lucas engine oil stop leak, and it has taken it. Maybe hasn't made leaks completely go away, but it's minimized them enough where there's not really a whole lot to worry about. So, uh, something you can keep an eye on. Um, and this was kind of, you know, based on the uh, the oil question early today. This person says, we own two cars, a 2014 Toyota Avalon and a 2019 Hyundai Santa Fe. Since I don't use both cars enough to change the oil at the mileage intervals, I just change the oil every six months. Being that the Avalon is, only, is used the least and there's only about 3,500 miles on the oil change, is it wise to do an oil change without doing a filter change as well? I usually do both, but thought that the filter may still be effective since there's only 3,500 miles on the oil filter when the oil is changed. I only use synthetic oil and original equipment parts. Uh, it's kind of interesting. The Hyundai requires an oil and filter change. They don't say you can not do one without the other every six months or every 7,500 miles. It drops down to like 3,000 miles if you drive in certain conditions, but for most people, it's six months or 7,500 miles. Um, also, Hyundai engines are sort of fussy about oil filters. Um, I was always a aftermarket filter person, good quality filter, whether it was um, Wix or others. Um, I always used them. I was happy with them. But uh, with Hyundai, I'm, I order oil filters from some online Hyundai parts house. Uh, I like using the factory filter. I feel better about it. The engine seems to perform better that way. And Hyundai actually came out with a technical service bulletin that says they recommend only using the Hyundai oil filters. The Avalon's a m more interesting one because the Avalon has a much longer oil change interval. Uh, in fact, they only require an oil change and filter change every 12 months or 10,000 miles, whichever comes first. So really, with the Avalon, you're concerned about changing the oil every six months, even and 
saving a little bit of money and not changing the filter because it only has 3,500 miles on it, you would be better off, based on Toyota's own recommendation, change the oil and oil filter every 12 months or every 10,000 miles, whichever comes first, which in this case would only be about 7,000 miles. So you will not go to, you know, not have it at the dealership or wherever you go as often. Uh, you'll still be protecting your car as recommended by the manufacturer, and you'll save yourself a little bit of time at the same time. Um, I think it's important to use the right oil. The longer oil changes make some sense and change the oil and filter together, but as we pointed out in the chat this morning, uh, it, it's not an excuse not to change, not to check the oil periodically, and like Sean Wynn said from Pennzoil, uh, open up the hood every thousand miles, check the oil level, make sure it's full. Because once the oil, once you start to use a little bit of oil, and some people, this was pretty common when cars had oil changes every 3,000 miles. People would go in, they get their oil changed, and didn't realize their engine might have been down two quarts of oil. My car never burns oil. I go in and get the oil changed every 3,000 miles, it never burns oil. What they don't realize is the uh, shop is only draining out two uh, two quarts out of uh, or three quarts out of the engine when it holds five because they have used a quart or two quarts worth of oil but they don't know it because very few cars have oil level indicators most all cars have oil pressure gauges or oil pressure lights very few have an indicator that uh, tells you when your oil is down a quart or more so people don't realize it and they think they're they're not using any oil in their engine but in fact they really are so there you go um, this is one that I, I, they said, you gave me spot on advice last time. So here I am again with a very different problem. I have a 2013 Prius four, which I love, except for a while now, the Bluetooth system is turned off and cannot be turned on. It's intermittent. Sometimes from the moment I start the car, other times after I've driven for five minutes, the problem persists for a day to a week and then suddenly it's perfect for weeks or months again i brought it to the dealer which tried to tell me it must be my phone it's not when this happens we can't get the system to switch on regardless of which phone we intend to connect then they told me i need to install a complete new system lots of money has this been a problem for others any solution short of a brand new system well i might have been spot on with my advice last time not that good this time, I think, uh, because it's not an easy question to answer. The most common issue is it's the radio itself. And unfortunately, it's the radio, it's the navigation, it's everything together uh, because it all runs, the Bluetooth system runs through the radio unit. Uh, it could be wiring, it could be power ground, it could be a fault inside the radio, could be the Bluetooth receiver, which is all part of this whole same system. And there's actually a set procedure to test to see what's really wrong and it you know reading how to test it it looks somewhat time consuming and time consuming means it's it's expensive uh, even where i just had the the uh the black volkswagen that we keep in florida um i like to change the oil just before it gets put away for the season so i uh because it's a um it's a low to the ground car and it has a big metal pan underneath that's held in place with triple square bolts which i don't have a triple square socket here um i let the local AAA approved auto repair shop do the oil change 
and uh, I think they're even up to $125 an hour now. So, and it's a minimum, they have a minimum shop charge of $65 an hour, so, um, which is pretty reasonable. So, the other possibility is, and this is, and I describe it as a, as electrical witchcraft or voodoo maybe, and uh, I got this from Honda, and um, just like computers that act up, um, sometimes a car needs a reboot. My iPad, which is older, I don't know, generation four or five or something, uh, didn't want to work the other day. I had to shut it off, turn it back on, and it worked fine afterwards. So sometimes even cars' electrical systems can benefit from a reboot, uh, which is on most cars is basically disconnecting the 12-volt battery, uh, cleaning the battery connections, and then uh, clearing the computer's memory. And uh, basically what it really means is holding the positive and negative cables together. You could use it with jumper wire and leave it that way for two minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. Um, and then, uh, you know, clean the battery connections while it's off of there and then put it back together and, and see what happens. Uh, sometimes that's enough to kind of clear the cobwebs out of the system and get it to all work normally again. Um, sometimes it's worth a shot. The other possibility is, too, this is a 2013 Prius. The 12-volt battery in a Prius, now a Prius is a hybrid and it has a big hybrid battery, but the 12-volt battery in a Prius lasts a long time. And this could be a 10-year-old battery in the car, and that 10-year-old battery could also be part of the issue. So it'd be a good time to test the battery at the same time. Speaking of good times, why don't we take a break? My name's John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. On We're live on this Memorial Day weekend. If you want to give us a call, our phone number is 781-837-4900. Uh, we'll be right back. Is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24 hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels, and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com/slash join. Hey guys, it's Lexi James. And we're Cryer Creek. Twilight Showcase Radio, hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio Sundays on 959WATD and 959WATD.com. Search for Twilight Showcase on Facebook. And visit TwilightShowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tomorrow night from 7 to 9 on 959WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Let's talk to Tom. Tom, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am good, and you? Doing good, thank you. So I'm a little confused. Got a question for you. The first question is, where are you? I'm still in Florida. Good man. <laughs> well, well, um, you know, normally, normally, you know, I've, this is new to us. You know, this yeah. is uh, this whole snowbirdy thing. You know, when we sold our little house in Abington and we moved to our tiny, legitimately a tiny house, I guess it's it's uh, mm-hmm. it falls under the category of a tiny house on Cape Cod. Um, 
you know, our thought our thought was we would, you know, sell the house in Abington. We bought this old mobile home down in Florida, and, you know, things were good for five years until Hurricane Ian came and then kicked the crap out of it. And um, yep. so, we've been, so we've been here, you know, I've been here either, you know, getting a, we had to get a new roof put on, which that got taken care of. But we had a fair amount of interior damage, which, you know, I've been, which I took care of. Now we're at the point where, you know, it's, it's, it's time to head back home and uh we're just waiting to finish up a few things so we'll be we'll be taking the the long uh long drive home which my wife is not looking forward to at all her 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 idea of the perfect return trip would be i leave on monday and she gets on a plane on wednesday and i pick her up at the airport yeah that happened to me when we're out in arizona i drove home the dog and i and and she flew back. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a perfect relationship that way. Absolutely, you know, yeah, marriage yeah. together. Exactly. And the question I have for you, I've been watching, you know, the Motor uh, Motor Week on TV on the PBS yep. channel, yep. and they talk about the carbon ton, or I'm not sure how to say it, but something to do with the carbon on different cars. Right. What does that mean to a consumer like me? Not a whole lot, really. I mean, it's. I did that for a while on my car reviews. One of our advisory board members said, "We ought to, you know, when you write a car review, we ought to talk about the amount of carbon that comes out of the, you know, carbon footprint sort of the car has." Okay. Yeah. And yeah, and I, you know, I'm sure there were ten people that cared, and you know, those, you know, five hundred thousand didn't. I mean, you want, you know, if you're going out, you want to be the most environmentally friendly person you can be you know you, a bike. You, you, well you could you could do that yeah, yeah um yeah. but you could all but you could also you know try to look for the car with the lowest amount of you know co per mile or or co2 per mile it's you know it's 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 you know co2 which you always consider sort of the happy gas because it was you know carbon dioxide which was good for plants and all that stuff but even that contributes to global warming so now it's like you want to minimize carbon dioxide you want to keep carbon monoxide down you want to you want to keep um you know hydrocarbons and 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 uh uh you know some of the you know nox emissions as low as possible so you know you try to look for a car that does that and they give you a scale from like one to ten you know ten being the worst you know maybe five in the average so you want to look for one at the lower side but right. uh, you know i think for most people it doesn't probably right. make that That's much good difference to know. Yeah. yeah it's like maybe I, lo- I missed something along the line no no I, I, the new cars uh, nowadays they have to have a six-month course at Massasoit to figure out how to use them. Well, you know, and it's not even it's not even that. And I complained about this the other the, the, a couple of weeks ago. I had the opportunity to drive a new BMW, and it was a great car. But it, it's like every time I went to put it in reverse and back out of a parking space or the driveway, I'd go to put it back in drive, and it wasn't a drive; it was a neutral. So you have to like click it over, and then it went to the manual. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like manual yeah. shift mode. And I'm like, yeah, I just exactly. want it back and drive. And I'm, and I'm sure if I drove the car for two or three weeks, the learning curve would kick in and I'd figure it out and it would work. Right. But yeah. there shouldn't be a learning curve on something as simple as putting a car in drive. You should just be able to put it in drive. You <laughs> know, it, whether it has a shifter or a push button or even a rotary knob. It should be easy. It shouldn't be something that you're like, oh, geez, now i gotta, I got to put it back in neutral and step back on the brake and then put it back in drive because if I don't step on the brake it's not going to go in a drive and you know it shouldn't it shouldn't be that complicated oh I agree yeah hey listen uh, another thing a recommendation 
if you ever hear of any auto shows going on, like the old Walmart and Halifax or yep. things like that, maybe you can make an announcement. Like if uh, next week they're going to have in, one. In, in fact, uh, the big show that takes place in that's a good reminder. The big show that takes place at the Endicott Estate, um, which we always used to talk to the folks from there, yep. uh, John from the Endicott Estate. I'm not sure so much about john but it's the 50th anniversary auto show at the bay state antique auto club and i got a note i got a note from somebody and it's at the endicott estate uh it's you know if you want to enter a car it's 20 dollars to get in Uh, there's a car corral a flea market food court ice cream 50 50 raffle live entertainment with um with uh cousin bruce palmer who's Mm -hmm. uh who's who's a really interesting character as well and um you know, it's uh, he's got a bunch. I think he's got four or five older Fords, and he's got a lift in his garage, which is you know, which is the you know, which is the key to being the you know a good car guy. When you right, got a lift, yeah. when you got a lift in your garage, you you just sort You're of somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is always a good. Sh- this is always a good show. It's kind of the Endicott Estate's kind of in a neighborhood. So it's a little bit weird to get to, but you get there and you drive down the street and there's parking in a big parking lot down the street and they run a shuttle bus back and forth. And it's only it's a five minute walk if you don't take the shuttle bus. But um, yeah. I've I've only been a couple of times and it's a phenomenal show because, you, you know, if there's something you like, if you like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ford Skyliners, that hard top retractable Ford or you like Edsel's, there's usually. You know, half a dozen Edsels and a couple of Skyliners. If you like Corvairs, that's where I think I got hooked on Corvairs. I went there and I saw a bunch of Corvairs, and I'm like, I really like these cars. And, you know, it was, and there's a little bit of everything. There's, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little short on the brass era cars, which I don't really know much about, so they don't appeal to me quite mm-hmm. as much. And, they, you know, and, uh, you know they, they, even, uh, they had a section for kit cars and really good show. And, and of course, the other one always, at, um, and I think it started up now at Bass Pro, uh, which is always a good, which is always a good time. And yeah. I think, and I think, and I, I got the email. I can't, I can't find it, but I think the um, the open house at at Factory Five down in Wareham is going to be taking place pretty soon too. And that's you know that's kind of nice because it's a lot of people with sort of the Factory Five cars, and they open up the showroom, and they're also going to have their new F one fifty kit there to show off, and that's I think just going into production, and that's pretty good as well so there's a lot of good Ooh. stuff going around yeah good so a well, lot of stuff still back? but yeah uh, i will uh, i i will i will <laughs> all right all take right, care Tom. weekend you too take care bye-bye hey that music means we gotta go i want to thank uh jesse wilkins for doing everything he does at the board and uh our guest sean Wynn from pennzoil for calling in and taking a little time with us on this sunday and uh like he pointed out uh it's memorial day uh, take a minute to thank all the people that are uh, that makes our country what it is today. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And, of course, if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.